Good morning and welcome to the Michael Slate Show. My name is Sansara Taylor. I am your guest host again this week and we have a really, really important show for you today. We're going to be lifting your sights. Here we are at a time, just a week after Rovon Wells and Rodney Wells lowered their son or watched their son Tyree Nichols be lowered into the ground just a week after we saw the funeral of a young, beautiful black man filled with life and so much love, cut down by Memphis police, one more police murder after another, and just days later, the video came out of Anthony Lowe here in Los Angeles being shot as he ran on the stumps that were left of his legs, this double amputee fleeing from police. His family's lawyer said he was shot eight Uh, 11 times, 11 times in the back. Here we are where this epidemic of police murder is going on and on, seemingly without end. Here we are at a moment when the U.S. is ratcheting up their threats of war and their escalation in their confrontation against China with the very real and devastating prospects of a a war breaking out and even a nuclear war, intense inter-imperialist rivalry. Here we are at a moment when the same is going on with the U.S.'s Proxy war, U.S. and NATO, imperialist gangsters on one side, up against the imperialist gangsters of Russia, grinding up the people of the Ukraine in their proxy war for imperialist conquest, domination. Again, a war that could break out into open inter-imperialist warfare, into nuclear war, devastating humanity and our planet. And the U.S. is pushing past red line after red line, now sending in battle tanks. Here we are, looking out at the world. And watching with our hearts breaking at the devastation, more than 20,000 people killed in the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, with millions impacted, and that impact made so much worse by the desperate conditions that so many were already in, owing to the system that rules over us here and around the planet, the system of capitalism, imperialism. Here we are at a crisis moment for humanity, and here on the Michael Slate Show, In an ongoing way and in today's episode, we not only look at this and why it is this way and what this has to do with the system that we live under, the system of capitalism, imperialism, but also what you get here uniquely is that the world does not have to be this way. There is an alternative through a real revolution, a vision of which has been brought forward by the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian. He's concretized it in the Constitution. A strategy for this revolution has been forged and a movement is battling its way onto the stage and calling you into it. There's there's an alternative. So this is going to be at the heart of today's show. I'm going to play an excerpt of the really extraordinary interviews that I was honored to be part of, that I've been featuring here on this show, um, that I conducted together with Andy Z with the revolutionary leader, Bob Avakian, who is the architect of the new communism, an extraordinary person. He sat down for three up-close and personal interviews filled with heart and soul, filled with his more than 50 years fighting for liberation, working closely with the Black Panther Party in their early revolutionary days, going forward from there to forge the strategy and the vision for an actual revolution, what we call the new communism. He sat down and shared so generously what this is all about. And he was on fire for revolution. And I'm going to share with you today at the heart of today's show an excerpt from that interview where he brings alive why it is right 
For those who crave justice and a better world and emancipation, why it is right to want state power, revolutionary state power, why that's a good thing. I asked him why he has emphasized that, and I'm going to share with you his answer. And then I'm going to share a conversation that Lenny Wolf and Michelle Chai had um, two revcoms getting into and bouncing off that interview from Bob Avakian, talking about what difference a revolutionary state power could make, would make, will make. And they get right down on the ground, too, about how they're working today and how others who want to take this up can join in that fight. And then I'm going to share with you a little later in the hour uh, a, a piece put together by Joe Veal, where he responds to the police murder of Tyree Nichols and the eulogy that Al Sharpton offered at his funeral and breaks down and takes on the program of patiently praying and pleading that was put forward by Al Sharpton, the poisonous program, and and points out why this is poison and what needs to be done instead to fight this and put an end to it. So this is going to be a great show. It's going to be a packed show, and it's going to be a show that will lift your sights and challenge you. I want to get right into today's broadcast by sharing with you this excerpt from the interviews with Bob Avakian, talking about why it is right to want state power. So we wanted to start right out with asking you, you have made the bold statement that it is right to want state power, that state power in the hands of the right people and the right class is a great thing. And to wildly understate it, this is not how most people think about state power. Why is, that a, why is state power a great thing? Well, you have to begin with the, what you referred to, you know, in the, in the hands of the right class of people, the right kind of state power based on the right kind of system. It, you know, I, one reason why a lot of people may not think state power is so great is because they're living under the exercise of it by these monstrous oppressors. So the idea, you know, so they're, you know, the ideas promoted, you know, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely and all this bullshit from some British lord, you know. So, you know, people are, you know, inclined to look at the way things are now and how power is exercised and have a, have a hard time imagining it could be exercised in a different way by different people. And so the reason I say, say power is a great thing is because in order to do all the things that we need to do to uproot all this oppression, you have to have power in society in order to do them. I mean, the reason we can't do them now is because the wrong people, that is a class of exploiters, the capitalist imperialists, have state power and use that state power to suppress any attempt at seriously uprooting all this oppression. So we need a different kind of state power, you know, a socialist state power that, first of all, is radically different in terms of what it's based on, what it's aiming for, and also whom it involves in the exercise of state power. It's, ex it's involving the masses of people increasingly in playing a, you know, an initiating role and a conscious role in transforming society. And unlike the present system, socialist state power backs up the masses of people in, in moving to uproot all this oppression, while it also provides leadership to them to see what they're up against what are the contradictions they have to break through on in order to uproot all this and how to wage that struggle? So it's a completely different kind of state power. You know, you know the, any idea, just think about it, any idea that you were going to overthrow the existing system and then you're not going to have any state power 
guess what happens? You are going to have state power. It's going to be the state power you just overthrew will be back in power in a quick minute. So the whole idea that you can do without a state, you know, without state power, yes, you need a radically different kind of state power, but you need power to be able to lead masses of people and back them up in making all these transformations. What happens now when people go out? First of all, the state power, I'll just back up a second, will be radically different. You're not going to have a police force that murders people on a daily basis in order to maintain a system of oppression. The, the police forces, we will need police forces, we will need armed forces to defend the revolution. But this, these forces will be radically different. They will be the masses of people who have risen up to make the revolution in the first place. That's from whom the, the, uh, you know, the police and the armed forces will be drawn. And I've made this statement before. Some people say, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> You're going to take all these people out here running around right now shooting each other and, and, you know, and selling drugs, and you're going to give them state power? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I want to be part of that. No, we're not talking about people as they are now. We're talking about people, go back and the question that Andy raised previous, in a previous uh, talk, previous interview we were doing, you know, people as they've been radically transformed, as they've radically transformed themselves on the basis of being struggled with in the course of transforming the world and making revolution. So then, you know, the state power is going to be in the hands of masses of people who've been struggled with to be emancipators of humanity and to make a revolution on that basis. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of experience in the history of revolution and particularly communist revolution that we can draw from that that it is possible to transform people. You know, like when, when they made the revolution in China, for example, which took a different path, just to be clear, for anybody out there, you know, just to be clear, was a, was a revolution that in those particular, particular circumstances was, way, was made by waging armed struggle from the very, very beginning. Armed struggle from the beginning and throughout. That was the character of the Chinese Revolution because of the particular character of Chinese society and the conditions that they were dealing with. Our revolution is different. It's a period of carrying out the three prepares through political and ideological work and, yes, standing up and defending the people and fighting the power, but not attempting to wage an armed struggle until the conditions for that have been brought into being. That's where the three preparers come in. That's what we're working toward, but that's not what we're doing now. But there's still something to learn from the Chinese Revolution. You know, when Mao started up the People's War in China, the armed struggle against the existing oppressive government and the imperialists who were behind it, the U.S. and Britain in particular, he said, I went to the brave elements, what we might call the brothers and sisters on the street, you know, in, in our circumstances. He said, I went to them because they weren't afraid to die. But then a tremendous amount of struggle had to be waged. What's this about? What's this armed struggle for? This is not armed struggle to go out and rip off people. You know, they had to have points of attention, you know, to, to make sure that the people were adhering to the principles of the revolution and applying the principles of the revolution. You know, things like you don't take a needle or a thread from the masses of people. You don't go about, you know, this is mainly a male army at that time, although the masses of women did become involved. You don't go abusing women. You know, this is, there are different principles here that had to do with the revolution that we're carrying out. And there's struggle, and they, you know, that's why they had to have those points of discipline and points of attention. 
So we're talking about masses of people who've been transformed through struggle and transforming themselves in order to bring about the revolution we're talking about and bring into being the necessary state power. But that state power, once established, will be completely different, radically different. The role of state power and whether it really serves the revolution to emancipate the masses of people or whether it actually constitutes another oppressive force over the masses of people is determined by the content of that state power, by the line, the, po the politics and ideology and program that it's based on and that is leading it. That's how you know, and that's how the masses of people can be led to evaluate what's the character of this state power. Is this state power that's standing above the masses of people and turning into an oppressive force that's going to actually restore the old system of exploitation and oppression? Or is this a state power by its content, by its actions, by the way it's being led, by what it's fighting for, by what's guiding it, is actually backing up and supporting the masses of people in emancipating themselves and supporting the revolution throughout the world toward the same goal of emancipation, uprooting and eliminating all antagonistic conflicts among people, all forms of oppression and exploitation. But that's why state power, I mean, Yes, I want us to have state power, not the, the three of us sitting here, but the masses of people who've risen up to make a revolution so that they can carry through what they fought for in that revolution. And, and yes, so that they can actually back up the masses of people in, in carrying out those transformations and prevent anyone from actually overthrowing the system that exists and re-enslaving the masses of people. So, you know, this is why state power, socialist state power, is a great thing to have. And it's something we should, you know, everyone who wants to see a more just world should be hungering for this state power, not, you know, worrying about what it'll be like. Yeah, there needs to be a struggle over what it's going to be like, you know, and that will be an ongoing struggle. But we should be primarily hungering for that state power because that's the power that will enable these transformations I'm talking about. Now, to be clear, since I said it will prevent people from overthrowing the socialist system. That doesn't mean that there won't be allowance for dissent. Doesn't mean that we don't need a lot of intellectual and cultural ferment. We do, that's all embodied in the Constitution for the new socialist republic in North America. You know, anyone who raises objections to what the government is doing or what the policies are, or even to the very existence of a socialist state, will be allowed to do so. And there will even be ways that criticism is encouraged and fostered and dissent because you need that. You need to know where, what your shortcomings are. And the masses of people need to thrash out what's right and wrong, what will really lead to on the road of emancipation and what, you know, even though it might say it's doing that, is actually leading back to the old way. So, you know, there'll be a flourishing and even a promotion of dissent. By that I mean even in the, you know, in the arts and the media and so on, provision made for people to have a vehicle to criticize and raise dissent, even while, you know, they, people who try to violently overthrow the new socialist system will be prevented from doing so. Oh, well, you're just like the people in power now. You know, that's what they say. You can dissent as long as you don't try to seriously challenge them. <laughs> well, no, we're not just like them. You know, for one thing, they don't encourage and promote dissent. <clears throat> they limit dissent within a very narrow sphere. But second of all, <clears throat> once again, we're back to what's the nature, what's the character of that state power? And the reason we're not like them 
is because what the state power is for, what it concretely does, what it supports the masses of people in doing, what philosophy or ideology, what program, what politics, what social relations, it's all embodying and promoting, which are the complete and direct opposite of what exists under this system. So no, we're not just like them at all. We're radically different. All right, so that was the voice of Bob Avakian uh, in the interviews that I conducted with him together with Andy Z on the Revolution Nothing Less show at youtube.com slash the revcoms. You can see the whole interviews there. And he's talking about why we need state power. That's the revolutionary leader and architect of the new communism, Bob Avakian. And where else do you get somebody who is telling you the truth that under this system, the current system, capitalism, imperialism, yeah, you can make a few reforms. Yeah, you could put a new coat of paint on the same old, uh, shabby, rotting structure of, of this system that we live under. But the rot from the foundation continues to come up. And reform after reform, the police keep killing. Protest and, and anti-war movement after anti-war movement, the U.S. keeps invading and bombing and, and carrying out its war crimes across the world. You know, whatever uh, women fought... Women struggled for generations to win birth control and then abortion, and now that's been taken away from the highest level in the land and, and, and a court case tomorrow that could take away medication abortion across this country. Yes, in blue states, it's not being covered. This is a very uh, deep, deeply rooted oppression. So here's Bob Avakian talking about with a different system. A different system is how you start to be able to go to work at all of these problems. Um, with that, we want to build on what you just heard from Bob Avakian uh, and bring you a conversation between Lenny Wolf and Michelle Chai uh, responding to that and, and, and grappling with what it means and what the implications are for all of us now. Let's listen. Hi, I'm Lenny Wolf. I'm a follower of Bob Avakian and a revolutionary communist, and I'm a member of the National Get Organized for an Actual Revolution Tour. And I'm talking here today with Michelle Shai, who's also a member of the tour, also a follower of BA, and a leader of the Los Angeles Revolution Club. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Good. Hi. You know, we, we uh, watched this clip that we just all watched together yesterday as well. I watched it earlier this week because I've been thinking a lot about this and what a different state power makes and how we have to be actually talking with people and saying to people, we have a whole better way that things could be done. And I just, you know, we're doing this right after the, and in the wake of the police murder of Tyree Nichols that many of you watched and saw the brutal inhumanity that was visited upon somebody for absolutely no reason whatsoever and who know that this goes on day after day night after night in every city around the country and i wondered um i just wondered if you wanted to say anything in that relation as we get going into this some of what ba talks about in this clip every day you know i mean almost every day just since the beginning of this year just 2023 right we like, you know, opened up, you know, greeted the new year with like three just here in Los Angeles. Right. Three people that were that were murdered by the LAPD. Right. And and then we see another one of a of a man with without legs, you know, 
thrown out of his wheelchair and then shot to death, you know, and it, 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 it brings to life how if we had state power, you know, as Baba Vakian says in, in, in that clip, we could do things in a radically different way that cannot be done under this system because of what these police actually enforce. Right. So it it's it bring it it makes you angry and and continuing to be even angry about the fact that that this is not going to stop that people are are dying at the hands of the police and all these other things that we call the five stops right that under this system cannot be resolved unless we had state power the oppression of women the destruction of the environment the wars for empire the crisis of immigrants you know flooding to the border right like all of these things you know cannot be resolved unless we actually have state power and can do things radically different yeah i no i mean that's that is the important thing last week i remember that uh, noche diaz and andy z we're talking about this murder of Tyree Nichols and Noche brought up from basics 124. This is basics. It's the handbook of revolution of really, really critical quotes from Bob Avakian. Um, Noche brought up the quote 124 that to the effect that the police do not serve and protect the people. They serve and protect relations of exploitation and oppression. And yesterday, when we were talking about the socialist state power that we're going to bring into being with revolution, we were talking about some of the differences it would make in things like housing and education. And I just wondered if there was any of that that you wanted to bring to bear for uh, the people watching. Yeah, I mean, as an, an example, you know, we were reading together, you know, one quote from Basics, right? And it made me think about, you know, even like the just the contrast, you know, and something like education, right? I've talked about this, um, the story before, but just, you know, in high school being, you know, reading Shakespeare and having a really hard time understanding, right? And raising a question, I was kicked out of class and, and told that I was stupid and couldn't like, you know, couldn't amount to anything and couldn't, you know, and they didn't, instead of actually like, you know, working together to like understand, you know, and, and learn, right. Um, something like Shakespeare and actually like, you know, so, and, and a lot of the things that people are locked out of even being able to like work with ideas under this society that in a whole different, you know, uh, society and what's laid out in the constitution, right. The edu education would be so different, you know, where again, people would be able to work together to be able to understand these things and not just to build up your own bank of knowledge, but to actually go to work on the problems of the society. You know, we're going for the emancipation of all of humanity, bringing these youth and bringing, you know, people together to go to work on, you know, the, the whole of society, right. It's, it's just so different, you know, just in contrast, but again, you need state power to be able to, to, to do something like that. You know, the contrast being kicked out of class for asking a question. What does that tell you about how much they want to foster critical thinking in this society, especially for Latina youth, for black youth, for other oppressed youth? How much, what does that tell you that one example? And then what does it mean? We just have a piece in our, uh, on our website up this week that makes the point that the whole point of Bob Avakian's leadership is to develop critical thinkers, strategic uh, people who can grapple with strategy, who can grapple with how the new society needs to be um, 
what the foundations of that society need to be, what kind of people we need in, in, in a socialist society. Um, there are so many examples. He talks in basics, and there's discussion in the Constitution that B.A. wrote for the New Socialist Republic of North America about housing and the situation today where there's huge skyscrapers, some of which are empty now, and then homeless people hounded and harassed for camping on the streets because they have no home and can't begin to afford somewhere to live. You know, and in a socialist society, this is going to be totally different. And that police in this society, if you get evicted, if you're a uh, a single mother or, or a, a family, or you have four or five kids, and you can't make rent one or two months, the police, the job of the police is to put you, your kids, and your stuff on the street so that that landlord can rent that out for a profit to somebody else. And I don't care if you had the so-called Prince of Peace himself wearing the uniform, he would still have to put that mother and, and that family on the street. And if they said anything, he would be driven to beat on their heads and put them in jail. And that's what it means to serve and protect the relations of this system. Whereas in a socialist system, it would be totally different. That's not uh, what the job of the people's security would be. It would be to help people who were running into problems with their housing, to figure out a way to adjudicate things, to develop things, to, to solve problems, not to just beat on people, to crush the problem, to crush the people who are perceived as problems. What do people do, though? What do we do to get to that, to get to that society? What would you tell people? Well, we need to overthrow the existing state power, right? And 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 in order to do that, we need revolution, right? That's what we're getting organized for, right? That's what you know. It's it's gonna you know just think about what an actual revolution means, right? Meeting, defeating, dismantling, overthrowing the existing system and replacing it. That's gonna take millions of people. That's gonna take a serious force of you know thousands that are gonna lead that, you know, that have to. You know, and, and that's part of what we're going to work on now. Right. They're going to have to break with a lot of, shit, you know, I had to break with a lot of, shit, you know, with religion, with, um, you know, with with nationalism. Right. This idea that like what I thought were, quote unquote, my people. Right. Um, when I came to actually understand, you know, the the situation of of people in other parts of the world, you know, that were suffering tremendously, you know, and actually came and, and, and went deeper to like, why, where was this coming from and how those people, you know, from, from Mexico, from Central America were linked together with like the people in other parts, like Africa that I was learning about. Right. And, and came to actually see those are my people, you know, and actually, you know, really rupturing with this. Right with this nationalism and taking up the new communism. Right. And, and these are things that people have to break with because think about it, right. You know, something like religion as an example, right. Which I had to break with too. You're talking about, you know, leading a, you know, a revolution and, 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 and leading millions, right. If you come up against obstacles, what are you going to turn to? 
you're not going to get down on your knees and start praying and, you know, looking for, you know, for something to drop down from heaven to save you. You have to go to the science. You have to actually, you know, have a really firm scientific, you know, grounding to be able to lead people through all the way to this society that we're talking about. Right. To be able to lead that. Right. So we in the Revolution Club have the slogan, fight the power and transform the people for revolution. That means people, you know, really transforming, right? They're thinking, and as I said, letting go of this bull that stands in the way of actually being able to get to that society. No, we're not going to be, you know, about revenge. No, we're not going to be about dogging women. No, we're not going to be about making jokes or derogatory towards like, you know, people of different nationalities that speak different languages. These, This is all laid out in our points of attention for the revolution that we live for, that we live by, that we fight for, and that we struggle with each other to actually, you know, take up. And 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 again, that's part of transforming the thinking of people, right? And and taking up this new communism and the leadership of Bob Avakian. Well, you know, it's, um, I thought that spoke a lot to some of that really, really critical point this transforming the people now. I want to take one little part of this. I want to move over to one thing, though, on the fight the power. Because I think right now, um, if I understand our audience and from people I've talked to and things I've observed, people aren't necessarily out in the streets as they were a few years ago around Tyree Nichols. But I know some of you are seething about this inside some of you are, are are seeking out ways to talk about how this is making you so angry and so looking for some way to act and i i wondered if um if we should talk a little bit about some of what the orientation of the revolution club is towards these kinds of outrages well, look, the in in Baba Vakian's work, something terrible or something truly emancipating, which people should go and, and read that's up on our, our website, Revcom.us. He actually speaks to, you know, just in terms of this, you know, um, this thing of, you know, instead of fighting and killing each other, what people need to be doing now is uniting to defend each other, opposing all unjust violence, not launching attacks on anyone, but at the same time not allowing the police or civilian fascist thugs to wantonly brutalize and murder people. And people need to do this as part of building up the forces for revolution. I think that's extremely important what you just said as something to work towards. I also want to bring in, though, in this situation in particular that we're living in right now, another thing B.A. has said, that there is no right for anyone, including police, to just murder someone. And there is a right and a responsibility to defend and protect people from unjust attacks on their rights and on their very lives. And we take that very seriously. And if you take that seriously, if this resonates with you, you need to be part of this revolution club. This is not something when we talk about revolution when michelle talks about this is not something off in the far distant reaches of time the way this country is being pulled apart from top to bottom right now 
the huge shocks and changes in people's lives. Last year at this time, there was no war in Ukraine. Last year at this time, women had the right all over this country to control their own bodies and to get an abortion if they wanted to. Last year at this time, there were not, well, there were actually wildfires sweeping across the planet, but that too has gotten far worse. People are being forced at this point to confront things they never thought they would have to confront in a situation in which those who rule us are no longer able to keep things together. This is a time, a rare time, that we could actually, in which revolution is more possible than it normally is. So, Michelle, do you have anything, final words you want to say? Yeah. I mean, look, just think about this whole discussion and how radically different, you know, we could live, right? And and get with this revolution, you know, because, again, there's no stopping all of these horrors that, as you're talking about, right, get worsened by the day. You know, it's on us to actually not squander this rare opportunity. Right. And and actually go to work to bring that time when we can actually bring this whole system down closer. Right. And, and actually go to, go bring this whole system down. And that means getting with the with this revolution. That means getting with the leadership of Bob Avakian, right? If you're in Los Angeles, if you're in New York City, if you're in Chicago, link up with your revolution club. If you're in the Bay Area, link up with the revolution club out there. If you're in New York in the Bay Area, link up with revolution books. If you're in not in any of these cities, DM us, you know, but most importantly, wherever you are. Get into these BA interviews right away. Watch all three parts and spread spread them amongst everyone you know. Gather your family, your friends, watch them together, discuss it. Let us know how that goes. But but look, there's no squandering. You know, we can't squander this this opportunity. People have to know that we don't have to live this way and that there is a force getting organized for revolution. All right, so that was Lenny Wolf and Michelle Chai. You are listening to The Michael Slate Show. We're going to take a short musical break and be right back. Where's Pac, where's Chewy? Where's Pac, where's Big, where's Tukey? Where's Jay, where's Nas? 
West Snoopy. Yelling, the police like Boosie. Blame Nixon. He's guilty with the whole damn system. These filthy cops are essential. Left Mike in the street for our definition of a lynching. And cause I ain't from down here, they gonna tell me I need to mind my business. I saw him dead with a bullet in his head. Don't go to the fans, I'm a witness. This war on us, 44's on us, and he's still telling us be peaceful. Every week another black youth murder, and he still got the nerve to tell us we equal. And when we stand up and put our hands up as a sign of protest, we evil. There's blood on the streets and blood on your hands, this time you answer the people. out to the Revcoms and the Revolution Club. It's 323-671-9839. That's 323-671-9839 or on all the social media platforms at Revolution Club underscore LA. And with that, we're going to bring you our last segment for today's episode. This is Joe Veal responding to the eulogy that Al Sharpton gave at Tyree Nichols' funeral. Let's listen. I'm Joe Veal, and I have something to say about the Reverend Al Sharpton and the eulogy he gave at the funeral for Tyree Nichols. You saw the video of what the police did to Tyree, right? Police have released that video showing officers beating Tyree Nichols. The video is every bit as horrific as Memphis officials had warned it would be. Body camera footage and video from surveillance cameras from January 7th show officers hitting, kicking and pepper spraying Tyree Nichols. In the video, 29-year-old Tyree Nichols can be heard calling out for his mother. Nichols was hospitalized and then died three days later. In that video, you can see he was already on the ground after he was pulled over at that other location. The officers in the video repeatedly punch and kick Nichols over and over again in the video. Al Sharpton said he was personally insulted when he watched the video. And the reason why 
Mr. and Mrs. Wells, what happened to Tyree is so personal to me, is that five black men that wouldn't have had a job in the police department would not ever be thought of to be in an elite squad. In the city that Dr. King lost his life, not far away from that balcony, you beat a brother to death. There's nothing more insulting and offensive to those of us that fight to open doors, that you walk through those doors and act like the folks we had to fight for to get you through them doors. What has happened to the dream, Sharpton asked. The dream King saw when he gave what became his last speech, the mountaintop speech, where King said he has seen the promised land, which according to Sharpton meant seeing Barack Obama becoming president, Kamala Harris vice president, black people becoming both police chiefs the last speech he gave right here in Memphis when he went to the mountaintop. Yeah. I believe when he looked over, yeah. he could see a Barack Obama become president. I believe when he went to the mountaintop, he could look over and see a Kamala Harris sitting as vice president. I believe when he looked over from the mountaintop, he saw black police chiefs. What has happened to the dream? In the city where the dreamer laid down and shed his blood, you have the unmitigated gall to beat your brother. Now, what about this? First of all, America is based on a system, an economic and political system called capitalism and imperialism. From slavery days up to the present, White supremacy has been in its bloodstream. As long as this system that the police serve and protect exists, it will continually murder black people, Latino people, Native American people. Look at reality. Since 1960 up till today, the police have murdered more black people than the KKK lynched after the Civil War up till 1960. The police murder over 1,000 people every year. This has been going on for decades. Last year, they set a new record in the number of people they murdered. You can have a thousand Barack Obamas, a thousand black pig chiefs, and black pigs elite and non-elite. They will serve and protect the system that rules over the people. Obama had killed Tuesdays. Every week, he would gather with his advisors and come up with a list of people to murder with drones in places like Yemen, Pakistan, Libya, Somalia, Afghanistan, Iraq. After the youth in Baltimore rose up to protest the murder of Freddie Gray, Obama called them thugs. But he never called the police who broke Freddie Gray's neck thugs. 
a handful of protesters, uh, a handful of uh, criminals uh, and thugs. Obama. Racial equality is possible, but not under this system. We need revolution to overthrow this system, defeat it, dismantle it, all its institutions, its police, courts, prison, government institutions, military, all of it, replacing them with new institutions that serve the revolution, serve the people, and most fundamentally serves the struggle to emancipate humanity all over the world. Look again at reality. Most things people in this country use and consume is made by millions and millions of people all over the third world. In Latin America, Africa, the Middle East, Asia. 150 million of those who are making the products we use to live are children. Children without a childhood because they are in the mines digging out minerals, in the sweatshop making garments and clothes, in the fields cultivating food that people in countries like this one eat. But people in the countries that produce this food die of malnutrition, starvation, and disease in the millions every year. If Al Sharpton's dream is to get inclusion in this parasitic system, no thanks. Look once again at reality. Millions in this country, especially though not only those in the inner city, have become expendable. This system has no future for millions, especially the youth, especially those who are black, Latino, and Native American. Millions are in prison. Millions more, millions more are in the pipeline. Millions are left in desperate conditions where they are pitted against each other, fighting against each other over petty bullshit, just as a way to make a mark in this dog-eat-dog system. When you hear Biden talk about law and order and fund the police. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. This is who he has in his sights. The same ones that the fascists and the Republican, and the Republican Party are preparing to wage a race war against. And this toxic combination of capitalism and white supremacy is hurling society towards genocide in today's conditions. The police. Sharpton said he is working to pass the George Floyd bill. This bill would allow the family family of those murdered by the police to sue the police. It would also outlaw chokeholds. Now, even if this became law, it would not do you have the right now to sue for racial discrimination and applying for jobs, but it does not stop racial discrimination. Chokeholds is only one way the police murder, and it's not even the main way. We want to see the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act passed. Some of us are going to fight until we make this legislation happen. I don't know when, I don't know how, but we won't stop until we hold you accountable. This is worse than begging. Sharpton is not even pleading to end police murder, let alone the system that requires it. 
He is crawling, asking to be able to go to court after you do murder us. It's like he's telling the slaves, I'm not going to stop praying until the slave master at least lets us nurse our wounds after he whips us. Now, if we had a system determined to root out oppression and inequality, if we made a revolution, we could stop police murder on day one. It's not that hard, but without revolution, it is impossible. During the eulogy for Tyree Nichols, Sharpton brought some religious mumbo jumbo about a non-existent God is going to take the death of Tyree and raise it up and make a better world like the non-existent God did with the death of Joseph and the creationist story in the Bible. I want you to turn your attention very briefly to the 37th chapter of Genesis. It reads, so Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance. And before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Or how the non-existent God deal with the death and dream of Martin Luther King. But I come to Memphis today to tell you the same mistake Joseph's brothers made is a mistake you made. You thought you threw Joseph in a pit. You thought you threw Dr. King's dream in a pit. But every time you throw something in a pit, God takes the pit and raises it up and changes the whole world. I believe that God will take him, Tyree, out of that pit and use him as a symbol for justice all over this country. The slave master gave you Christianity and the Bible. It makes you believe in things that do not exist and think that enduring all this suffering has some higher purpose. Bullshit. It's mental slave chains that went along with the physical slave chains. It's time to let that go and deal with reality how it really is so that we can change it. And you can see that pursuing the dream in reality means accepting the lie that there is no other choice but the system, the nightmare for humanity that is capitalism, imperialism. The most you can hope for is getting some people that look like you in position of authority, some laws on paper, while the system acts according to the needs of capitalism, imperialism, with white supremacy in his bloodline. I say no. Once again, look at reality. These are desperate and extreme times we are living in. Time to stop talking foolishness. We have a chance to really make an actual revolution, to really overthrow this capitalist imperialist monster, break it apart, dismantle it, and set up an entirely new socialist system that goes forward in digging up all the white supremacy and other social divisions between people that are deeply rooted in this system. 
We have the strategy and the leadership for that in Bob Avakian to bring forward millions. And when the conditions are right to meet and defeat, it's on might. We have a blueprint for a new socialist society. We are working for this now and are determined to see it through. Get with this. Get with the Revcon. Get with the revolutionary leadership of Bob Avakian now. All right, so that was Joe Veal. Thank you to Gary Baca for engineering. I want to thank the whole Revolution Nothing Less crew for some of the segments they put together that we shared with you today. There really is nothing like the Michael Slate Show. It has been my honor and my privilege to be on the airwaves, uh, stepping in his shoes in the recent weeks. And my name is Sansara Taylor. On behalf of the Michael Slate Show, I will be back next week. And until then, remember, the problem is not human nature. It is the nature of the system. Through a real revolution, a better world is possible. Wake up everybody, no more sleeping in bed No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead The world has changed so very much from what it used to be There's so much hatred, war and poverty Wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say They're the ones who's coming up and the world is in their hands When you teach the children to jump the very best can But just let it be na 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 The world won't get no better We gotta change it now Just you and me Wake up all the doctors Make the old people well They're the ones who suffer And who catch all the hell They don't have so very long judgment day so won't you make them happy before they pass away wake up all the builders time to build a new land i know we could do it if we all lend a hand only thing we have to do is put it in our minds surely things will work out they do it every time Just let it be The world won't get no better We 
gotta change it now, just you and me.